Well, if you've been at Cedar Creek Church for any length of time, uh, you've probably heard me say uh, that the greatest tragedies in life are not the difficulties and struggles that we go through, but it's going through them without ever understanding a reason why, to, to feel like our pain is wasted, that it doesn't have purpose, that it's just meaningless suffering. And so if we apply that principle to this current season of life that we're all in, then I would have to say that the greatest tragedy of this pandemic will not just be the struggles and difficulties it's created for us, but it's to go through it without ever being changed. To go through all of this uh, without learning the things that we need to learn. To come out on the other side of this, still thinking the same way we used to think and still acting the way, the same way that we used to act. Uh, you know, the truth is for us as people, we don't typically change until we have to. And so sometimes God provides opportunities where we have to. And I think this pandemic is, is certainly the case. It's, this is a once-in-a-lifetime, maybe a once-in-a-generation opportunity for us to change some things in our life, in our churches, in, in our community, and in our world. Um, one of the things I know for sure is that God wants to use all of this difficulty and all of this struggle in our lives. And the reason I know that is because He has promised to use everything in our life for our good and His glory. You know, we find that promise in this familiar verse from the New Testament book of Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, And we know, we know, we don't have to guess, we don't have to wonder, we don't have to just hope that it happens. It says, We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. A couple of things you have to notice about this promise. One, that it is not a promise of good. This verse doesn't say that all things are good, and they're not good. Not all the things that you've been through in your life, not all the things, obviously, that we're dealing with in this pandemic, they're not good. But God works for good in all things. I think another thing we have to realize about this promise is that it's not for everybody. This is not a universal promise. In fact, there are two very clear criteria in order for this promise to be true in your life. And the first one is, it's for those who love God. Now, God loves everybody, but not everybody loves God. And so you have to have a love for God. And that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the promise for us as Christ followers. If we love Him, and then secondly, we have to be called according to His purpose. What in the world does that mean? Well, it means that God's purposes have to be the priorities of our life. That our life is not built on our purposes or our desires. That when we build our lives on God's purposes, on what God wants to do, then He brings good out of anything and everything that we go through in life. You know, in this Anchor series, we've been focusing on the promises of God. And more importantly, how to anchor our lives to these un 
life-changing promises. And this promise, in my opinion, might be one of the most practical, one of the most helpful ones for this season of our life. Because see, when, when life gets hard, most of us ask two questions. Why and when? Why am I going through this and when is it going to be over? But with God, there's a third question we need to ask and that is what? What is God wanting to do with these circumstances in my life? And so today what I want to do is just look at three ways that God uses difficult and painful circumstances for our good and for His glory. Now this is not an exhaustive list. The way God brings good out of difficult situations is, is probably more than we could count. But these are three of the ones that I see most commonly in our lives. One of the ways that God uses troubles in our lives is to, it's just to teach us to trust. God uses troubles to teach me to trust Him more. Man, this pandemic is maybe the greatest opportunity we'll ever have to develop a deeper level of trust, a, a deeper faith. We'll, we'll probably never go through anything like this, hopefully, in our lives again, where almost everything in our life requires us to trust God more. I don't know what difficulties this pandemic is creating for you, but I do know God wants to use it to teach you to trust Him more. In fact, look at what the Bible says. 1 Peter 1.7, it says, These trials, these troubles, these struggles, they will show you that your faith is genuine. It, talking about your faith, your level of trust, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. You know, Peter's using a word picture here of the process of refining gold, of purifying it. Because when you, you dig gold up out of the ground, it's not pure gold. It's full of all kinds of other minerals and other impurities. And the only way to get those impurities out is to heat it up. You have to melt the whole nugget, the whole rock. And so when you melt it, the heavier gold floats to the bottom and the lighter impurities float to the top. Do you know in order to melt gold, you have to heat it to at least 2,000 degrees? 2,000 degrees. That's hot. But that's what it takes to purify gold. It takes some heat. And this pandemic has created some heat in our lives. Trusting God doesn't happen in the air-conditioned comfort of our church buildings on Sunday morning. Trusting God happens in the heat of that ER waiting room. Trusting God happens on the front row of a funeral home chapel. Trusting God happens when everything you thought was stable becomes shifting sand. That's when you trust God, when your faith becomes real and pure. In the Old Testament, there's a guy by the name of Job. Many of you probably know somewhat of his story, but if you read Job's book in the Old Testament, you'll see Job is the, he's the poster child for bad things happening to good people. You know, Job is said by God that he is the most righteous man 
on the earth. He's doing everything right. He's following God. He's doing all the right things. And for some reason, God allows Satan to take everything from him. I mean, in a matter of days, he loses his entire family, all his children, his grandchildren wiped out by a terrorist attack. He loses all of his crops, all of his flocks, all of his wealth just evaporates in a day. He even loses his own physical health. I mean, if anybody had a reason to complain, it's got to be Job. But look at what Job says. He says, but God knows the way that I take. In other words, God knows what's going on and what I'm doing and not doing. And when he has tested me, I will come out like gold. What's he saying? He's saying all of these struggles, all of these difficulties, all of this pain, God is using to teach me to trust him more. We all have problems. The question is, are we allowing those problems to cause us to run to God or to run from him? Are they causing us to trust him less? or trust Him more? Guess which one God wants? Guess what He wants us to do in these difficulties? So let me ask you this question. Where do you need to trust God more right now? Maybe is it with your finances? Maybe is it with your health, your relationships, your family? Where do you need to trust God more? Probably the answer to that question is, where are you most afraid? What area of your life is creating the most fear and uncertainty? Because wherever that is, that's probably the area of your life where God wants you to trust Him more. Listen, these problems that we're going through, whether they're the pandemic or, or just the stuff of life that we all have to deal with, they're not good. They're difficult. They're painful. They're tough situations. But God's promise is to bring good out of it. And one of the ways he does that is to teach us to trust him more. The second way that God uses troubles in our lives is to develop our character. God uses trouble to develop my character. I mean, life is all about character development. And troubles are one of God's greatest tools to do that. And nobody understood this more than the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's the hero of the faith. He's, he's probably the greatest follower of Jesus who ever lived. He's probably had the strongest faith of any human being ever. How did he get that way? Because his life was easy? Because God blessed him all the time and he never had no difficulties? No. It's because his life was a, a continuing series of difficulties. It's like a series of unfortunate events. Almost everywhere he went, everything he did, he was constantly harassed and struggled. Shipwrecked, snake bit, falsely imprisoned many, many times, beaten multiple times, almost to within an inch of his life. And yet look at what Paul says about these troubles. Romans 5. Paul says we also have joy with our troubles. What? Joy with our troubles? Why? Because we know that these troubles produce patience. And patience produces character. And character produces hope. 
And this hope, Paul says, will never disappoint us. One of our deepest needs as human beings is to have hope. We can't live without it. You can go weeks without food. You can even go days without water, but you can't go for one second without hope. But hope doesn't come from the quality of our circumstances. Hope comes from the depth of our character. You ever met a person who had everything in life easy? Never had to struggle, never had to work hard, had everything given to them? Do those people seem happy to you? No, most of them are, are miserable, spoiled brats. Why? Because they have no character. Because they had no experiences to develop that character in. You know, as a pastor, sometimes people will say to me, you know, Philip, doesn't God want me to be happy? Surely God loves me. He wants me to be happy. Most of the people who say that to me usually follow it with a selfish decision. You know, God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to leave my spouse and my kids and my family to pursue this other person and a relationship with them because that person makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. You know, God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to compromise my integrity with my business so we can make a little more profit so I can have more money because that will make me happy, and God wants me to be happy. Let me tell you something. God loves you way too much for you to settle in life for the pursuit of happiness. God wants you to have joy. Joy comes from hope. And hope comes from character. And character comes from walking with God through difficult circumstances. Listen, the character that God wants to develop in your life is not just any character. There's some very specific character traits that God wants to develop in your life. You know, we started this message with that great promise from Romans 8, 28, that God is working for good and His glory, bringing good out of any and every situation. But I want you to look at the very next verse, Romans 8, 29. It says, for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like who? What does that say? His son, right? To become like Jesus. God wants to develop the character traits of Jesus in your life, and troubles are a great opportunity to do that. Jesus was loving and kind. Guess what God wants you to be? Loving and kind. Maybe that's the reason God has placed those problem people in your life. Not for you to fix them, but for God to use them to develop kindness and love in your life. Jesus was patient. God wants you to be patient. I think that's why God invented checkout lines at Walmart. Because those difficult times are opportunities to develop that character trait. You know, the great Italian artist and, and sculptor, Michelangelo, who carved one of the most beautiful statues ever, the, the statue of David. Legend has it that Michelangelo was asked one time, how do you do that? How do you carve this beautiful statue of David 
out of a single big ugly block of marble. Michelangelo simply said, I just chisel away everything that is not David. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to chisel everything out of our life that is not Jesus. You know, most of us, when we're going through a hard time, we're in such a hurry to get through it that we miss what God wants to do in it. That's why James writes these words. He said, let perseverance finish its work. Let these tough times finish its work. Don't try to get out prematurely. Why? So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Listen, all of us, all of us are beyond ready to be done with this pandemic. We're all beyond ready to go back to, to a normal life. And, and it'll happen. It, it's going to happen. I don't know when. But this too will pass. But until it does, this is a great opportunity for us to allow God to use it to create more of the character of Christ in our lives. And then finally, the third way that God uses trouble is to display His power. God uses troubles to display His power in my life. Not everything in life is about you. I know that comes as a, a shock, but, but sometimes the things in your life, they're about God and what God is up to. It's a great picture of this in John's Gospel, the ninth chapter. Jesus and his disciples are headed towards Jerusalem and on the road they, they see a man who is blind and he's been blind since birth. And so the disciples do what we do. They ask why. Why was this man born blind? Is it because of his sin or the sin of his parents? Because in that culture, any kind of difficulty like that was thought to be a consequence of sin. So why is this guy blind? Did his parents do something wrong? Is he being punished? And I love Jesus' answer. Jesus says in verse 3, he says, This happened, this man's troubles, his difficulties, this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Our troubles are always opportunities for God's power to show up in our lives. Sometimes that happens with the healing by God taking the problem away, as he did with this man. You might remember the story. This is the guy where Jesus spit in the dirt and made mud and put it on his eyes and sent him into town to wash at the pool. And when he did, his sight was restored. That was God's power on display because people knew this guy. They knew he'd been blind from birth. And all of a sudden, they were asking, what happened? What changed? And he said, this guy named Jesus, that's God's power on display. Sometimes he takes the problem away. But sometimes God's power is seen not in the healing, but in the strength He gives us to live with and walk through that trouble. It certainly was the case in Paul's life. In addition to all these external circumstances that he went through, he also dealt daily with some sort of physical ailment. He called it the, the thorn in his flesh. And three different times he begged God for healing. He begged God to take it away. 
And listen to God's answer, 2 Corinthians 12. God says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in weakness. You don't have to wait for the healing. You don't have to wait to get that job. You don't have to wait till that struggle is over for God's power to be seen in your life. Sometimes God does calm the storm. Sometimes He just holds you and gives you the strength to get through that storm. But either way, God's power is on display for His glory. Like, I don't know what this pandemic has done in your life. I don't know the struggles. I don't know the difficulties you're dealing with. And please hear my heart on this. I'm not trying to minimize the struggle. The struggle is real. I'm not trying to patronize you. That's not my desire. My desire is to encourage you to recognize that whatever problem you're walking through right now, God loves you. He is with you. And He has promised that He is working in and through that for your ultimate good and His ultimate glory. That's a great promise. So today, I want to close with a, another great promise from God, a, a one that, that I hope will help you in these struggles. It's from James 1.12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing. And afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much that you never waste a thing. That our pain, our loss, our grief, it's not meaningless. You are working in and through it. You are doing something greater than we could ever understand. God, I pray that we would be able to grab hold and anchor to that promise in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of all that we've lost, that we will find our hope, not in our circumstances, but in your love and in your calling and in your greater purposes for our lives. And also in knowing that one day, one day, there'll be no more pain no more struggles, no more tears, and that you will wipe away any tears from our eyes. Thank you for that promise, Jesus. I pray that we as a church, we as individual followers of Jesus, that we would open our eyes to the changes we need to make. That however much longer this thing goes on, that we would choose to trust you more, that we would choose to let your power be on display in our life, that we'd be a testimony of your love and your sovereignty right in the midst of this struggle. Lord, I pray that you would make us more like Jesus. Lord, we don't want to come out on the other side of this thing the same way we went into it. So Lord, open up our eyes, our hearts, and our minds 
to be transformed by the troubles in our lives. We thank you for that promise. In Jesus' name, amen.